You ready? Yep. All right. Well, we're back. This time, it's just Pastor Kim, Jason, and myself. Ashley's not here. This could get sketchy. <laughs> this is if there if there ever was one of those boys will be boys moments. This right. could be the day. Do we invite the FCC fines and that sort of thing? That's by right. The time this thing hits the airwaves, I'm hope hope she has the like she's really super dialed in. I don't know. I think Kim will behave himself. I think that <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she's really focused when she edits this because you don't know what might happen. <laughs> anyway, well, welcome back, everybody. So today I wanted to talk about uh, law enforcement, EMS, the EMS community, firefighters, all that stuff. And kind of the tone that doesn't seem to be getting better that the society has, you know, that the culture has shifted. Whereas when I was growing up, and I'm on the 50th lap around the earth this year, or around the sun, um, when I was growing up, it was still a highly respected thing. Like, it was exciting to see a police car just drive by. If they drove by with the lights on, man, something was up. It was cool. Was it... It was cool to see a cop. It was amazing to see even the firemen because they, at that time, they rode on the back of the fire truck still, yeah. you know. I used it to think was, now it's an OSHA coolest. violation. Right. <laughs> yep. But it's just how times have changed and how, you know, I watched the other day, I was on the ambulance, you know, it was kind of, <coughs> you know, we were on the north end of town, so nothing was really jumping off yet because super early. And I got on that kind of that YouTube rabbit trail and a video comes up and it was uh, from Milwaukee police. And it's a, like a, the police chief is talking and he's talking about like that they're on the side. He's saying, we're on your side talking to his community. He's like, we want to find, we want to rid the department of bad policing. We want to help you. And, and it, it's cutting to all these, there's these little cut scenes. And uh, there's people marching. They're actually saying, if the chant was like, what do we want? And it was police death. And when do we want it now? And this guy's, you know, this heartbroken police chief saying, man, I was like, you know, every single, every single uh, person that's been killed by a cop. But can you name the last three homicides that happened in the city of Milwaukee? And it was just, trying to shift their focus but it was just heartbreaking to see this guy you know spend his lifetime probably his at least his adult life getting to this point yeah. and just being in this boiling pot and like i said before we started you know we it's since christmas i've been watching a different officer from somewhere pop up every day on instagram or whatever that's been either an accident and died or has been executed it's just insane. So I kind of wanted to hit on today is, you know, we have a different kind of pressure as EMS providers. It's not, not remotely close to that. And firefighting, a whole different set of circumstances. But why do cops keep coming back? If that's what they're, if this were in cities especially, that these are like boiling point cities, you know, why would why would you still show up? and be a police officer in Dallas after they executed all those guys. Yeah. You know, I don't, that's like, I honestly can't wrap my head around that to the point where just Saturday, a young man was in getting, we were transporting him. 
He had flu-like symptoms, so clearly he needed to get to the ER. You know, and he right. he was being a bit belligerent. And uh, and in the neighborhood we were in, one of the uh, Flint officers was they just come with. He had nothing, no stake in the game. Standing at the back of the ambulance, he says, where are you guys going? I said, Hurley, all right, see you later. See you on the next one or whatever. The vernacular is he shuts the door. And this this kid says, good thing he left. I'm like, oh, yeah, why is that? Kind of small talk. And this probably 16 or 15-year-old kid says, because I'm a mother effing cop killer. And the next thing I know, like literally, like a fatherly reflex, I open hand slapped his mouth. (laughs) Like, I'm like, no, we don't. Not in this rig, you don't. Like, wow. I like, you know. And then he told the nurse that I had slapped him, and the nurse slapped him on the other cheek. No, she, <laughs> no, she did the IV bevel down, uh. and she might have blown the vein. I don't know. I don't happen. She went right through that thing though. But it was just, it's just heartbreaking. And then to have people just be that belligerent and flippant, you know, it's. So anyway, I guess for you, Pastor Kim, as yeah. as a retired police officer, could speak to that probably better than. The... I do know, and again, I I have to come at this from the standpoint of somebody who's been retired for almost seventeen years. Um, and it was a different world seventeen years ago when I retired. It wasn't great, but it was a lot better than it is now. It doesn't seem it wasn't open season back then like it was. There wasn't uh, a camera in every phone. Right. There wasn't people recording at everything looking to create trouble or to get paid for what they videotaped. So it was a different world. However, I can relate from the standpoint of responding to certain locations that we repeatedly had to respond to where we were hated just because of what we wore and what we drove and what we did. Right. And I want to answer your question, what keeps you coming back? Jason jokingly said the paycheck. Well, that's all I had as far as supporting my family went. So part of it was that, mm-hmm. legit. Part of it was, I, I, I really do feel, God, some people just think it's so corny, I really do feel as though my police career, my law enforcement career, was a, a calling on my life. Uh, I did it because I believe that's what God designed me to do. And um, I'm not trying to lessen the the 13 years that I did on the road patrol as a patrol officer and as a shift supervisor, as a sergeant. But primarily, my my big thrust was the 10 years that I taught the Dare program in the schools. I mean, I felt like that was my wheelhouse. But to say that um, you you keep coming back just because of the pay is ridiculous. There is a call on your life. There is, for some of us, uh, it was, uh, uh, there was a desire to change people's minds about who we were and what we did. Certainly there are bad cops, knucklehead cops. Oh yeah. And I love hearing that this Milwaukee chief said he wants to, to rid his department of bad cops. And we had people on our department in places of authority during my entire time there and it was a different person as attrition happened and as people retired but there was always a couple of people who were out to bust the bad cops and get them gone during the course of my career in a small department there we never had more than 72 officers on my department when i was there there was there was every year and a half two years 
somebody either quits or gets bounced. They would some of them would quit so they didn't get bounced, or they would get fired for knucklehead behavior. And it ranged from uh, abuse of a prisoner to um, out and out gunpoint rape on duty type of thing that happened to one of our officers. And or it <coughs> didn't happen to one of our officers, it happened to people that he was supposed to be serving. Right. And um, those types of things did happen. And so there were people actively involved in trying to oust bad cops. Did all the bad cops get ousted? Probably not. Right. And I, you know, but now in 2019, I can't even fathom putting on a uniform and a bulletproof vest and going out there and doing that job now. I can't even imagine the stress of doing that. And there are still young men and women who approach me all the time asking for my advice. How do, how do I go about getting on a police department? Where's a good place to go? What should I do? What should I study? What should I do? This and that. And I'll, and I'll say, first of all, you better think real good and hard. And if they're a believer, I say, pray good and hard about if this is what God wants you to do because this is a thankless job right? and you're never going to make much money and you're going to be under a microscope the entire time you're doing it. Right. So there are lots of things that keeps them coming back. I want to say a lot of it is a sense of duty and, and pride in their community and hope for a better tomorrow and, and taking bad guys off the street and helping you know little babies uh, avoid abuse and, and doing CPR and saving lives and things like that. But a lot of it is, and there, and there is a degree of uh, machismo in there too for men. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I do this because I'm a man and this is what a man does and I'm going to do it like a man um, and things like that. So to to go further than that to respond to your what keeps you coming back, I don't know what else to say. I know that in my experience, the police officers I've been on calls with or and my law enforcement experience the the better officers were always the they have a consistent um like an almost innate drive that causes them to want to solve problems for people like like an attitude of service and they're there you know maybe not in the big picture perspective but at least in that moment with that situation they're looking for some resolution that's you know is better for everybody involved and, and serves justice Very when true. needed. You know. A desire to better mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. Right wrongs. Justice is huge. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a big justice guy. Right. Um, probably too much to where I may not extend grace when I should because justice is possible. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not on the receiving end of justice. I'm glad I get grace. From right. heaven and from the people that I know and love, which I, yeah. you're totally right. Well, then, um, you know, there is that. It's the same way you see it in the military. I think, to some degree, there is that. There is a brotherhood uh, that keeps people coming back. You're duty bound okay. to the guy next to you. you know? Absolutely, you would, you would do what you could to protect him and, and save him and help him, and, and um, some of that really showed up when when um, guys and gals were going through tough times 
with their families. Families were disintegrating because families disintegrate a lot in police work. And uh, marriages disintegrate on the regular. And um, so, and, and then being the person of faith in, in that position is, and, and again, I've said it before on here, and, and you guys would agree with me, I'm sure, and with what you do, I don't know how you make it through a day without faith in Christ. I, I don't know how I would ever make it through a day as a law enforcement officer, even if it was a ho hum, write five parking tickets and handle a, a, a run where someone swiped a, a patio furniture off somebody's back deck. If that's all right. that happened in the day, it's still, um, I don't know how anyone would do it without Jesus. I just don't. Having had done it for a little while without Jesus, I would fully agree with that. You know, for us, a lot of the time, for me, I can speak only for myself for this, but a lot of time it's the anticipation on slow days. It's the what might happen, what's happened before, you know. I think, too, there's, you know, whether it's police work or firefighting or first response or even military, when you have those experiences where you do make a difference and whatever your stated objective is, that gives you a lot of fuel. Truth. You know, you can, I mean, we, we're talking about police based on you know the number that have have died since christmas but that represents a small percentage of of the number of calls run in the united states during the same time so you probably i mean i probably way off on this number but that probably accounts for less than one percent of the overall call calls ran what were the other calls like how many times did they you go on a domestic call where you were able to bring some reconciliation and get them involved in the right path where they're moving in the right direction or you know you found what was needed to protect a child or successfully arrived on scene and thwarted a, a robbery or a rape or you know pulled somebody over and found the right evidence that a, a drug dealer's off the street or you know wh- whatever it might be those type of calls I think really um, you know can define almost a lifetime for a person and, and it makes the other negative experiences uh, tolerable. Plus when you have a, you know, as tragic as it is, if you have someone who's killed in the line of duty, the way everybody comes together, the, the those moments of bonding, those are pretty powerful. And even in, in spite of the the tragedy and, and the loss and and everything, there's that sense of, you know, if you're in a healthy department and a healthy environment, you've got that. Everybody came together, and um, you know, there's there's something positive that comes out of those tragedies. A definite family feel. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, even even when things are going along on a normal clip, there is a family feel there. There's people right. that you know you can't. Uh, uh, I don't want to say just a civilian. A non-first responder can't understand the the. The, the dynamic that is there in what you do on a day-to-day right. basis. You know what, and to speak that kind of a little s- sidebar, in the EMS community that we grew up in, what's very strange is that there's multiple different private agencies in our county. And while our, our powers that be in each instance are in their ivory towers kind of pulling strings and making moves, all of us that work on the street have that same kind of there's that camaraderie that community and it's 
it's interesting to see. It's interesting to actually, from I can speak for myself, I've actually been on the hook with my own management team for turning over care to a crew with another company, with Jason's company, because they were better set up to serve the patient in that moment. You know, and it was it was the right thing to do. And there's no beef between crews. There's beef <clears throat> between, you know, at least that's my perspective. There's beef between owners and management mm-hmm. and posturing for who gets the most calls and, and all this other stuff. But, I mean, that's an entirely different industry. That's not like. Yeah. Yeah, we were the only game in town. Right. The state police and the county sheriffs did almost nothing in our community. It was, <coughs> it was all our, our township PD. And I don't mean that to sound like. Right. MSP and the Wayne County Sheriff, where I was, didn't have any value. They had great value. They just didn't. They were well, much of an entity or a factory in our community. Right. right. Which further solidifies that camaraderie you have with your fellow officer, because to some degree you kind of feel like you're in it, you know, on your own, and you you have to come together more. But yeah, there's uh, it's definitely a dangerous time, no question. Well, it's insane too that that. As with most things, social media and mainstream media don't help. No, you know, I can remember, I don't know exactly what was happening, but some type of, oh, when when all those bomb packages or whatever were being sent around, something happened in New York. And CNN or somebody, I think it was CNN, they're watching their like live stream, live footage of the bomb unit, and they're moving something, some package out of Manhattan. So they're on the expressway, and the dude's not, the dude's doing normal freeway speeds. In fact, I think just a little bit under. And he's got other officers clearing lane for him. And this news guy. Why aren't they going like, so well, Right. You would think they'd be doing this or that. You'd be think they'd be going as fast as they can to get this danger away from. So they set it off and make it go boom. Right. <laughs> you know, and his fellow desk mate said, man, and this is like the quote of, I want to find it and have it on loop, like on my own Instagram page. <laughs> this guy said, unless you know police protocol, you shouldn't speak to police protocol. Like, That's you, good. You, mm-hmm. just, you need to just right. watch and say, yeah, they're leaving the city with this whatever. Well, I think that's a big, a big, big part of... So I think you were saying at the, at the beginning of, of this conversation, Kim, about how once upon a time, the parents were helping to enforce how how cops were looked at and i that i think we've as a, as a society we've relinquished too much influence and control to institutions like public school or you know the xbox or whatever it is we we allow our kids to to take time and i think my my son got into a car accident a couple months ago and it was minor sitting at a stop sign and the third car back rear end somebody barely makes any contact little to no damage to the cars but that car that initially caused the accident took off and left the accident scene so him and the the girl that was in this the the middle car they had no real understanding of how to handle the situation and they determined since there was no significant damage and no one was hurt that they didn't need to call anybody so I, as I got involved in it, I'm like, no, son, there's a couple things here. It was a hit and run. So that is a crime, even though no damage was committed. Right. You know, and whether or not you feel the need, you know, we have a system of government and a system of protection, and you don't know who that other person was and what they might do in the future or what they've already done. And 
you know, and he, I had to get an accident report for him because he had some medical complaints. So we contacted the police and, you know, I happened to be in uniform because I had to leave work to come deal with the situation. And I right away got a look from the officer like, really? You called me out here for this? So I kind of, I'm like, hey, look, I need to get the report for the purpose of going to the hospital. But you got two teenage kids here who are incredibly confused about how to interact with police officers because all they're getting is a bunch of negative nonsense on the news. So I'm I'm looking to use this as a teaching opportunity that he needs to understand, you know, you're a police officer who protects and serves the community. And even though it may seem insignificant and benign to him, by him following the proper sequence, who knows, that, that license plate number may pop for something else. That's good. And now you've got something else. So he needs to learn how to, when something happens, here's what I observe, here's what I what a hand over those those type of things and you know the cops were pretty cool about it once i said okay this yeah. you know this is a chance There's for you purpose. guys to shine yeah. here and and they were they were phenomenal that was that great point, that you so. did that because yeah. because mm. exposure to um level-headed mm-hmm. articulate law enforcement officers for young people is huge because mm-hmm. right. it can do nothing but pave the way for future good experiences. Right. right. Both my son and the, and the the other girl involved, and even the father of the girl when he showed up at the school, were all incredibly anxious to talk to this cop. And it's like, he's a normal person. He's a father. He's a son. He's somebody's husband. He's here. To, he's he's here to serve you and to keep you, you know, to to exercise and and carry out law and to ensure that we have a safe organized society to live in so the only way he's going to be effective at that job is if you help empower him to do that so you're not in trouble you guys neither of you committed a crime you just misunderstood you just have to give him information so a report can be done and who knows maybe that person ran because there's multiple warrants out for them and they didn't want to get caught and maybe you helped catch a murderer it's a. They could be a menace. They have no, no insurance. No right. If right. The vehicle is is improperly plated. Their license is suspended. I mean, like, how many times they could be do intoxicated? Sure. Yep. Uh, tons of things. And to again present that opportunity for them to see this law enforcement officer as as a as a real person, mm-hmm. um, because it, it is a. You know what? It's assumed across the board of late that. That police officers are just out there looking to wield power, right, and right. to bring down the hammer on people, um, regardless of gender, race, religion, all that. That there's that they are um, they're power hungry people who are going to abuse that power in every situation. I'm scared sometimes. Not scared. I am uh, hesitant to share pro police things on social media because. I'm waiting for the haters to come out right. and rip up and say, you know, cops are worthless and all that because that that mindset is running rampant in right. our society. Right. And well, and in this day and age, do you paint a, a target on yourself and make a security concern for you and your family? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I think a lot of it too is fueled in when when conversations come up, people who have thought out the issues you need to engage people 
about the conversations, like the, the, the officer involved shootings. Well, everybody's making accusations of things like racism and, and other things like that. And they're not taking a second to, to look at the situation. Let's look at the, we have one of the best, uh, justice systems and forms of government in the history of humanity. And if we would look at things just through that lens alone, we would, we would have more uh, accurate, useful information on how to proceed in those, those events. Okay, if, if if we, yes, it's tragic when when an officer-involved shooting happens, but l let's allow the justice system to investigate it and present us with the facts, and then you start forming intelligent conclusions. And sometimes there is an officer who performed poorly, and either needs retraining or should be invited to go pursue another career and, and even sometimes needs to spend some time um, in jail for it. Absolutely. But a lot of times it's simply an officer executing um, their job as trained to do so. And if and if the public still has an issue with that, you don't attack the police officer and you don't even attack the police department. You say, okay, we have a problem and maybe now it's time to examine how a police officer is trained and modify that training and modify how policing is done. But you don't have to attack the individual. You, you can critique the, the system, but to, to attack police officers who are out serving and attack their character and impugn who they are and impugn all of the people wearing the uniform because something went poorly is, well, it, it's just, it's irresponsible participation in the American government. In American but it's government. also at this point, in the game, it's the easy way out. The easy oh, yeah. thing to do is to. I get more know, tweets if I make a hateful statement against you know a cop or somebody. Right. Yeah. It's it's insane. So, I get that was the the reason for for this discussion is just because we're in a day and age where it's just like there's no such thing as benefit of the doubt. There's just the easy thing to do is pile on. Mm -hmm. And there's the thing is I've had you know I've had conversations at our church with with young people that because they're the probably 70 to 90 percent of their info is coming off social media so they're believing what they're seeing and yeah. all they they believe that it's all police brutality it's all excessive power mm -hmm. you know and it's damned if you do damned if you don't if you're an officer these days because you either way it seems to me the in a lot in the most heinous of situations either way life's over because yeah. either you take someone else's life and now you'll be scrutinized your way right out of the police department or you don't make a move and they take your life so you know yeah what's the alternative and i know that's the extremist of extremes but it just you know well and we have too much too much of our opinion on how things in life should go are based on our favorite, you know, crime TV show. Well, yeah. And not what actually is. Right. You know, it's... Absolutely. Well, he didn't have a gun. You know, like uh, Ferguson. He, did, he didn't have a gun. Well, but if you look at the legal criteria for deadly force usage, he met all of it multiple times in the course of the altercation. So that officer did exactly what he was supposed to do in shooting him. And the reason for the multiple rounds being fired is somebody chose a specific type of ammo that doesn't put a person down and it takes multiple rounds to have the the affected outcome so right. that wasn't the officer performing right. poorly it was 
just a culmination of, of choices made in policy and procedure that that's the end right. result yeah so what I hope as a result of this is I'm certain not everybody in the greater United States area is going to hear this but to be in a group of people who are marching and shouting for the death of the police is wrong I'm just right. let's just throw that out there sorry if you don't like the cops but uh, you know, I, there are groups of people that I've had issues with in my life, and I'm not walking in the streets calling for the death of all of them. Right. Also, what I will do is throw out a plea for anyone who hears this. If you are a praying person, please pray for your police. Pray for all your first responders. First of all, if you're a person of faith, pray for their salvation. Pray for them to be... Uh, impacted by the spirit of the living God to do their job in a upright manner and pray for them to be protected and safe and for their families just pray for law enforcement firefighters uh, paramedics people who are in that first responder community that that God will have his way with them uh, there's not enough people praying for those folks and I just implore you to do that Amen. Amen to that. I don't think there's any better way to wrap this episode, except for a barking dog. <laughs> I love my basement. Um, I went on a few of those runs, too. Barking dog runs? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. That's a wrap. Keep following us on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the webpage. Go to the merch section and buy some shirts. What? All right. Community Night's coming up. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>